on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on what is, again, a gorgeous day here in the Auburn Opelika area. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird, and you've got us for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. Yes, I am back and should be here for a while, as yesterday I was gone uh, for Lee Scott Baseball yet again over on AU100 on the Lee Scott Sports Network as uh, Lee Scott was in the state semifinals taking on the rival Glenwood Gators and unfortunately uh, the Lee Scott Warriors fell in two games out of that three game set they played their best baseball of the entire season yesterday uh, but they fall five to three in game one and one to nothing in game two and so their season is over Uh, congratulations to Glenwood for going to the state championship and congratulations to Lee Scott on a fantastic 2023 baseball season so I am done with Lee Scott until football season so uh, should be here for a while and uh, shouldn't have any other responsibilities between two and four here on ESPN 106.7. Carter, happy Thursday. I'll introduce you quickly because uh, we have a guest to start out the show today. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's always good when we have have our good buddy uh, Lindsey Crosby on to talk uh, baseball and of course there's some very pertinent, uh, timely baseball news. Yeah, how about that, Lindsey? What you think about the news going on? Do we have anything to talk about with baseball today? Oh, man, there's just a giant story in the SEC that is absolutely wild. Uh, to catch everybody up who's listening, Alabama fired their head baseball coach this morning. For cause, uh, it sounds like, right? For cause. So, Brad <laughs> Bohannon, uh, the, the, the official quote is, we have initiated the termination process for head coach Brad Bohannon for, among other things, violating the standards, duties, and responsibilities expected of university employees. Now, this all goes back to last Friday. There were some news stories that came out over the weekend about uh, gaming regulators in the state of Ohio, and then later Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and then Las Vegas, that halted betting on any Alabama baseball game. They found some suspicious activities from last Friday where Alabama was playing LSU. Uh, so long story short, Bohannon gets fired this morning. Here's what we know as of now. So the bets in question were placed in the state of Ohio at the sports book that is inside Great American Ballpark, which is the home of the the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds were on the road. They were playing in Oakland that night, and they won that game. But there was two bets placed that were rather large and that both involved Alabama and LSU. Uh, One of them was a parlay combined with the Reds, and then the other one was a straight money line bet, which is a, you know, if... This is how much you bet if the favorite, who is LSU, if the favorite wins, you win, or if the, the underdog wins, depending on how you bet that. You're just betting wins-losses. Uh, the issue with this is Alabama's scheduled starter for Friday was scratched. And there's a time delay between when the team learned of that or that decision was made and when it was announced publicly, and the bet came in in between those times. Uh, sources have been reporting, have been working on this. I've been doing stuff all day about this. 
Uh, there's not a, it's not a player that is suspected. This is directly tied to Brad Bohannon. We don't know if it was something where somebody made the bet on his behalf. We don't know if it was, you know, if, if he directly made the bet or if he was feeding information to somebody. But that is the situation. Uh, so he has been fired by Alabama, like you said, it is for cause. So he will not be paid his buyout. Uh, the investigation is ongoing. The SEC is also investigating this entire thing, and it's just a terrible timing for the Alabama baseball team. Lindsey Crosby joining us on the phone lines, of course, host of the Locked On MLB Prospects, a contributor for Auburn Daily with his Auburn baseball coverage and also with Braves today in the podcast. Lindsey, a couple of things. Do we know why the starter on Friday was scratched for Alabama? Was it an injury problem or just a decision that Brad Bohannon and Alabama made? Uh, start with that one, and then I got another one to back it up. Yeah, so, so from what we were told it was uh, dealing with, with shoulder soreness on the start of the pitcher. Now, hmm. Alabama's own recap says that uh, the, the reliever who was starting in his place only got about an hour's notice before first pitch. That is from Alabama's baseball's website from their game recap. But uh, Luke Holman was the sophomore who was supposed to start, and it was back tightness is how it was reported mm-hmm. after the fact when media asked uh, and again, Hagen Banks, the reliever, was given the start, and he, uh, again, per Alabama, was given about an hour's notice that he was pitching. So the decision was made, but no one was notified for an indefinite time period. And as I understand, the bet came in during that time period for an unusually large amount and betting in the favor of LSU, which they were favored to win this game. I mean, yeah, LSU is the number one team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're the number one team in the country. They did win this game. But uh, just something where the combination of everything was so suspicious that it got the attention of regulators. Uh, they notified the, the sports books. This university was notified. They investigated. And whatever they found, because they are not talking, they are not given anything other than that initial statement this morning. Uh, wh- whatever. Yeah, they are not saying anything. Uh, something was found that was enough for them to go ahead right now and fire Brad Bohannon. So just to clarify, because I was, uh, I want to, I want to be very clear for our listeners. Do we know the exact time that this bet was placed, and is there some inconsistency about when uh, Hagen Banks found out he was going to start and when this bet was placed? We don't know the exact time the bet was placed. All we know is that uh, in the timeline of events the bet came first before it's reported when Hagen Smith found out. Now that may have been something uh, just from my experience with college baseball and the way it works, those stories are written after the fact. It may have been something where, uh, you know, perhaps somebody embellished the timing or, you know, something like that. But we do know that the bet came first. We just don't know how much time. We also don't know exactly the amount of the bet and we don't know for sure who was in the parlay? We know that it was the Cincinnati Reds versus the Oakland A's. We know that it was Alabama LSU. We don't know if there was anything else in the parlay or not. So if it's just those two teams, the parlay hit because Cincinnati won and, and LSU won. But we know the timing is very suspicious. Lindsay, and this may not be known information yet. When these, it's weird because these bets were placed in Ohio, right, a state that is multiple away from here in Alabama. But 
it was a bet that was placed on LSU to win. And as you mentioned, and as we all know, LSU was favored to win this game. They're the number one team in the country. They were probably going to win even if Alabama's guy were to go on Friday night. But do we know if the guy that placed or the two bets that were placed that maybe had something to do with all this, do they have any connection with Brad Bohannon? Is that known information yet? We have not identified, or it's not public who placed those bets. So we do not know that for a fact, no. Now, uh, given the fact that Alabama was comfortable going ahead and terminating uh, Brad Bohannon, the obvious assumption, and again, this is an assumption, the obvious assumption is that there is some sort of connection between Brad Bohannon uh, and uh, and the person who placed the bets. We just do not have that confirmed yet. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense if they went ahead and fired him for cause, which you, if you're a university, you better be, you better be sure if you're going to fire a coach for cause because if you don't and you're not confident and something comes back, the university could be in some serious trouble. I mean, we, we haven't seen anything like this in intercollegiate athletics in a long time, I feel like. I mean, at a minimum. I mean, in baseball, the only thing that this gives me any sort of shades of is Pete Rose. I mean, do do you agree with that right right now with with the limited information we know, Lindsey? Being a manager who bet on his own games and and Pete Rose, it's an obvious corollary to to paint. I think what complicates this is the NCAA aspect, the fact that it was collegiate athletics. And I can, uh, like, just from talking to people, I have learned that in the fall, the SEC issued very clear guidelines about – student-athletes, and staff members placing gambling wagers. And as I understand it, the rule is NCAA athletes cannot place any sort of wagers on any NCAA sporting event. It does not matter if it is their team, their school, not their school. And then also, you can't use university facilities or technology to place any sorts of bets either. And that includes a hotel if you are traveling for a, a game. That includes your method of transport, everything like that. And I think a lot of this comes back to the fact that the SEC was very clear in that memo to athletic departments in the fall that this is absolutely prohibited. And I can say that I know of multiple situations in the SEC where student-athletes have violated these policies and have been disciplined up to and including uh, removing players from teams, dismissing them from the team for a violation of this rule. So it's something the SEC is aware of. This is part of the reason they use these monitoring organizations. Uh, and and it, like you said, it gives me a r- strong shades of the Pete Rose situation. And obviously, he is still banned from baseball for betting on games when he was a manager of the Reds. We're talking with Lindsey Crosby, host of the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast and contributor for Auburn Daily and the Brave Today podcast about the uh, breaking news we got out of Tuscaloosa this morning about Brad Bohannon, the head baseball coach for Alabama, being fired for cause. Lindsey, who all was going to be involved in this investigation? Because there is more information to learn and there will probably be further actions to this outside of Brad Bohannon being fired. Is this going to be an Alabama thing? Is this going to be an Alabama and the Southeastern Conference? Is the NCAA going to be involved? Legal purposes involved with with I mean with law enforcement? I mean, how far will this go and who all will get involved in this situation? If there is a situation where it's determined that Brad Bohannon was in some way distributing uh, privileged information outside of the program to somebody else for the purposes of playing bets, 
then that will become an FBI investigation. Uh, the wow. FBI is ultimately in charge of, of gaming, things like that in the country. And something people don't realize, to kind of give you an idea of how seriously they take this, uh, the FBI has a presence on game shows, making sure that everything is done correctly, any sort of violations when it comes to gambling, when it comes to games of chance, anything like that, uh, sports betting, that's all governed by the FBI. And from what I understand, uh, so Alabama has an investigation already. The SEC has an investigation already. They have confirmed that at the SEC offices in Birmingham. I'm willing to be very confident right now that the NCAA will have an investigation into this or they will work with the SEC and theirs. And federal law enforcement will be involved since ultimately uh, you have people in Alabama and or Louisiana. You have a bet placed in uh, Ohio, which means it has crossed state lines, which means it is interstate commerce and it is now a federal issue. This is going to be uh, once this more information comes out, this is going to be a national story. This is going to be discussed on 24 hour news networks because of how big this is. And one, how this hasn't really happened in college in a long time, especially since uh, sports as a whole kind of embraced gaming in these last few years. So to me, it kind of felt like when this story first started coming out, you saw news trickle out about the Ohio sports books shutting down betting on Alabama baseball. It felt like everybody kind of took it with a grain of salt, kind of took it for granted. Um, and... Now, with how real this got with the firing of Brad Bohannon, this feels like a significant story. And then I've seen the news where New Jersey sports books have followed Ohio's lead and shut down betting on Alabama baseball. Is that them just following the lead of Ohio, or is there potentially multiple states involved in this? So the way that it works, from what I, from what I understand, the only bets that were actually being looked at were placed in Ohio, but there's okay. firms out there. In this case, the company involves called U.S. Integrity, but they're based out of Las Vegas, and these are companies that monitor betting markets for suspicious wagering activity. So what probably tipped them off is the amount of the bet relative to what is normally uh, bet in college baseball games or even for LSU or for Alabama games. Uh, whenever you see a story about an NFL player who gets popped for for gambling and for betting on games, that's typically one of these monitoring firms uh, saw the name of the player come across the database and flagged it. So any state gaming authority that uses these companies, and in this case, I believe it was, uh, there was, I think, three, I think New Jersey and Ohio and then in Las Vegas as well, all of those states went ahead and stopped gaming or stopped taking bets for Alabama following the lead of Ohio, who did it first. But U.S. Integrity is the actual company that issued the alert to the gaming industry and to their clients about what they called, quote, suspicious wagering activity. Lindsay, one more question, and we'll let you get out of here. We appreciate you hopping on on short notice to talk about what is the uh, the biggest storyline in sports today with Alabama firing their head baseball coach, Brad Bohannon, what does this mean for Alabama? Because we know how much attention in the in the microscope that has been on Alabama athletics, and we are surely to talk about it here on the show today. What does this mean for Alabama in an athletics department and the baseball program in particular, but then the, the athletics department where 
it seems like they cannot do anything right right now in Tuscaloosa. What are the next steps? So I think the two things are, one, what this does to the baseball team, it's terrible timing. They're hosting Vanderbilt today. Uh, right now they are sitting at 9-12 and 12 on the SEC, and so they're looking to pick up. They need, realistically, five wins to be comfortable about their chances of making the postseason. They've got three against Vanderbilt, three at Texas A&M, which is not an easy matchup either, and then they finish the season home versus Old Miss. So this has to cause a little bit of, of confusion, distraction for the players, for the, for the program. Uh, I almost made the joke of if I were a betting man, I'd take Vanderbilt, but I really don't feel like making that joke right now. And besides, <laughs> you can't. Nobody's taking bets in Alabama baseball right now. But from what I understand and from what I've heard and been told, uh, this, this may be the final nail in the coffin on Athletic Director Greg Byrne and, and a lot of what Alabama has done simply because they've had so many public, notable missteps, whether it's Brandon Miller, whether it's Pete Golding, there was a lawsuit filed earlier this, uh, this season against Brad Bohannon and the university for mishandling an injured yeah. player. And so part of me wonders, is the firing of Brad Bohannon just a, this was the last straw? And part of me wonders, is there more to this that we don't know about? But either way, I can't imagine in the end that this ends up going very well for the athletic director or for the program as a whole. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean when you look at it feels like a never-ending train of negative events. Um, I mean, we've seen so many run-ins with the law with Alabama athletes, members of the athletic department. It feels like the hits keep coming. And, I mean, it's just we've since Nick Saban's gotten to Alabama, we have not seen things unravel to the manner that we're seeing right now. And I wonder, with Saban getting up there in his age, I mean, could this be – sign of the the Alabama dynasty and everything about that athletic department starting to deteriorate in front of our eyes? A lot of the stuff has been outside of football. Pete Golding, yes. the, the defensive coordinator, did get a DUI. But and Tony I think Mitchell, it is some, that, that whole thing. Right, right, that too. I do think it's something where uh, for so long, everything in not only that athletic department, but really in the state has kind of been run by Nick Saban. Mm -hmm. And part of me is wondering if it's just become too big to either keep the stories out of the news or keep these things from happening in the first place. And so him getting up there in age, uh, this might, this might be the thing that has him go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to stop signing these contract extensions that I have every single spring. And I'm just going to let this contract run out and be done. That part of me thinks that this may be one of the final things If his handpicked athletic director is dismissed or something like this for the fifth or sixth different scandal of this calendar year, this academic year, uh, he may go ahead and say, you know yeah. what, when this contract's up, I'm done. And if that happens, then I'm sure Auburn fans uh, will be happy, but it will be a uh, monumental change for the sport. Yeah, I mean, the, the, state the, of Alabama. the first event to me that kind of kicks off this chain of just negative story after negative story was the Jermaine Burton yeah. punch after the Tennessee game to the to mm -hmm. the female Tennessee fan who's legitimately trying to get out of his way. Uh, and since then, it's just... There have been a lot more negative stories out of Tuscaloosa than there have been positives, and it's something we have not seen and we're not used to at all. Yeah, it, it's just... It's, a, it's 
It's just one thing after the other coming out of Tuscaloosa. Lindsey Crosby, host of the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast, contributor for Auburn Daily and the Braves Today podcast. Lindsey, there's no better guy in the business to talk about baseball. We appreciate you hopping on on short, on short notice, brother. Thanks for calling me, guys. Appreciate it. That is Lindsey Crosby talking the biggest news in the in the sports world right now as Alabama fires head baseball coach Brad Bohanna. we got to get to our first break. We'll continue talking about this because, again, it's the biggest story of the day. And what does this mean for the University of Alabama, for Greg Byrne, the athletics department, and the baseball team? Lindsey told us his thoughts. We'll give you hours when we come back here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, continuing this conversation, again, it's the biggest news in the sports world today. Alabama baseball firing head baseball coach Brad Bohannon on uh, with cause, thanks to the betting controversy that has arisen out of the state of Ohio, where two bets were placed. Uh, one that was the one that really got this thing going was a parlay, uh, which if you're not into sports gambling, it's when you take multiple picks and put them all together. Uh, it jumbles all the odds up and it makes it really high odds. And so you can put a little bit of money to try to win a lot, but everything's got to hit, right? And so somebody did that. And it was just a two-team parlay with the Cincinnati Reds and uh, the A's that they were taking on. And then also Alabama baseball versus LSU. And this better put down money for the Reds to win, which they did. And they also put money down on the favorites, LSU, to win. But it seems like he got some news that LSU, while yes, they were the number one team in the country their starter had been scratched Alabama starter had been scratched for that Friday night game and so the better put in the Cincinnati Reds and LSU and won his bets and so Alabama in the sports books shut it down they they began shutting down bets on Alabama baseball games because they started thinking there was some collusion going on because bets started rolling in for Alabama baseball games which Let's just be honest, collegiate baseball, it gets bets, but it's not a high traffic betting site or a high betting traffic. You know what I'm saying? Like there not a lot of people bet on on college baseball compared to other sports, right? And so they started it to got see big this past year was when it I really saw a rise in college baseball uh sports gambling. It's gotten bigger, no doubt. In Omaha, I think it became a really big thing. Uh I actually when I was doing some writing on my own, I wrote a daily like piece on the um, College World Series games yeah. and basically made picks based on breaking down the matchups and everything. And um, you really saw it rise. It it was something that I think your your more experienced sports gamblers out there kind of saw that it was an area that maybe sports books and Vegas had not quite gotten their arms around in terms of because Vegas and these sports books know everything about the NFL pro- professional sports uh, college football like if you if you see a line that looks weird Vegas knows something if a line starts moving and you don't know why Vegas knows something right I've always college said baseball was a little different yeah. this past summer I've always said the buildings are nice in Vegas for a reason but in the grand scheme of things, bets on Alabama baseball are not all that common. And so when they started coming in, the sports books were like, okay, 
something's going on. Well, it turns out something is going on. And Alabama did an investigation and uh, communication was relayed that the Alabama starter on Friday night was scratched and Brad Bohannon seems to be right in the middle of it. He was fired today from the University of Alabama as the head baseball coach. And I know we're about to be up against a break. We'll talk about this coming up some more, but man, what a disaster. I mean, what a disaster it is in Tuscaloosa right now with the athletics department in general. There is stuff about football, stuff about basketball, stuff about baseball. The three biggest sports at an SEC school, at a Division I school, and Alabama's got problems in all of them. They can't stay out of legal trouble. They can't stay out of their own way. What a disaster it is in Tuscaloosa right now where it's an athletics department and an athletic director and Greg Byrne that can't get out of their own way. They can't stay yep. out of the spotlight. 100%. And it keeps coming. And it's not because they've got a, a, a microscope on their department. These are big-time stories that are making national headlines, it seems like, every month or two. And we're going to talk about it because... 100%. I, I don't even know. There's so much to break down here, and there's so much going on. And at what point... Do you get rid of the guy at the top? We'll talk about that when we come back. I know that you have thoughts. Our listeners, give us a call. 334-321-1390. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through our number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line and what is a busy Thursday at that. Let's get to the phone line, 334-321-1390. Shane, you're on the line. What you got, man? Hey, guys. How are y'all today? Doing all right, right, Shane. Shane. What a beautiful day it is in Auburn, Alabama. Is that so? Why is that? It's great. It just brings me with joy, fills me with joy and a smile on my face to see uh, uh, the misery of others sometimes. You know, um, I, I feel like a lot of Auburn fans can like relate to that. I think that that's it's a little a bit of a of kind a of washed mindset. away a little bit. You know, <laughs> yeah, yes. that smugness has kind of kind of kind of been rinsed away a little bit, and we hear a little whining. It's just great. It's great noise. Uh, so. I don't really want to talk about Alabama at all, so um, I'll let your other callers do that. Okay. I want to talk about um, um, talk about some Auburn. Uh, are are we getting the the guy? I uh, think Peyton or whatnot from uh, Michigan State. The the uh, is that is that done deal or is that just still rumors? Yeah, we haven't obviously haven't had the chance it's to get to that deal. yet. I mean, it's it's not it's a done deal. deal. Um, I think there obviously is a lot of of momentum with that. I definitely think there and know that there are mutual interests when it comes to Auburn wanting him and him wanting Auburn. But nothing has actually happened yet. And we again we have not gotten into that just yet. But this is a great segue into that. Um, there was obviously some things reported yesterday that shouldn't have been because they weren't all accurate yeah. well was, i mean it was it start it was a random twitter account reporting it and yeah. it may end up being true and i think that twitter account has gotten some things right and some things wrong um but i don't think anybody that is a member of the auburn beat or a legitimate member of sports media you have not seen any right. concrete reports out there i think peyton thorne is the number one on the board for Auburn 
with Casey Thompson, number two. I think a decent portion of that is because Peyton Thorne could be a two-year guy at Auburn. Casey Thompson's got one year and he's out. That's it. And so Peyton Thorne, in theory, if he's not an NFL guy immediately uh, after one year, he could kind of be your bridge to a seasoned experience Holden Gurner or Robbie Ashford if he's still on the roster. I'm skeptical about or that White. one. Or, or Walker White. Exactly. I was getting there. Walker White or Hank Brown. These Give them time to develop, which I think is what you need to do with quarterbacks unless they are just a true bona fide stud five-star you know, like we see yeah. like with Caleb Williams or we see with uh, Tua or Bryce Young. Like I think those guys could have done it. And even they didn't really do it. Tua didn't do it until right. the final couple games of the year. Bryce Young... Didn't do it at all his freshman year. But but unless you right. are truly an elite five-star quarterback, I think the best thing for you is when you walk on campus at 18 years old is to take a year, develop, adjust to the speed of the college game, and learn. And learn from the veterans in the room. And I think Peyton Thorne, to me, looks like a really intriguing option to do just that for these younger guys behind him if he were to come to Auburn. Hey. Another thing, um, are we? Uh, do you think that the, uh, the the wide receiver that is also there uh, in the portal? You think that might be? Uh, uh, I, I, I've heard I've heard conflicting. You know, uh, they, they didn't really like each other, and then I don't I, think I that's they, true they at like all. So, I don't, I, think I don't that's know true what the, what the Okay, so that that might be you know interesting development if they, if this, if they both come. Because they're familiar with each other, mm-hmm. that would be. All, I would be amazing. I would. Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if you, yeah, if you talk about a, a quarterback and a receiver transferring from one program to another, I mean, there can't be anything bad about that. You're you're already starting off on a better foot, and that wide receiver would be one of the better ones in Auburn's room right I now. I think I did the math. Yeah, exactly. If if Auburn, because we know Auburn wants to add one, maybe two receivers. If you go out and you add Zachary Franklin from UTSA which I think is going to be a difficult one because his production is insane, it's ridiculous, Insane. In his four years of college to this Do point. Do you have his numbers pulled up? He has 262 receptions for 3,348 yards, 37 touchdowns, 27 of those coming in the last two years where he's gone for 1,027 yards on 81 catches and 94 catches for 1,136 yards. So if you were to land him and you were to land Keon Coleman from... Uh, Michigan State, who is a really big guy, six foot four, over two hundred pounds, uh, had seven hundred ninety-eight yards last year, and I believe 10, 11 games, caught uh, a bunch of balls for that Michigan State offense. If you were to land both those guys, them, just the two of them, their twenty twenty-two production is a hundred and forty-seven point eight percent of what the eleven wide receivers were. That recorded a stat yeah. for Auburn last year. I think that gives you an extra game, uh, you know, on the season overall, in my opinion. Yeah. Hey, uh, switching to another sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, two, two sports. Well, I'll hang up in just a minute, but but um, uh, basketball. Um, are we done recruiting? I, I keep no. hearing there's there's one more guy that we're we're looking for. Um, what's the news on on that? There, there will be a, a at least one more addition. I feel confident in that. The names out there, Tyron Lawrence, who came on his visit, I think Auburn feels really good about him. 
I think your concern would be, what if a pro option popped up here late? I think Auburn's in a great spot. I think you've got some schools trying to get involved, but I think his visit went very well. Uh, He's somebody who, I mean, you could... A good shooter, like a, like a three-point mm-hmm. shooter. That's well, well, we you, I don't know. You, you've, guys you've added already in Chaney Johnson and Denver Jones two thirty-seven percent three-point shooters. Yeah, you're right. Which would be the best three-point shooter shooting guys on Auburn's team last year. Tyron Lawrence, I think, is around 36 percent. Which would I, yeah, which, which is, would be adding another really really yes, good confident shooter he to was the 36% roster. Thirty-six percent last year. He's uh, 29.7 for his career because I think his uh, first couple years he was not a good three-point shooter mm-hmm. and he picked it up this past year where he was 36%. Shane, you, all, you you always bring up you know Auburn adding shooters and you're 100% right because look at what happened this past year when Auburn doesn't right. have shooters. The offense just is stagnant. Are you looking, in your opinion, and what you would like to see, are you looking for a guy that can do a little bit of everything and shoot the basketball at, let's say, 35%? Or would you rather have somebody who he comes in, he's shooting three-pointers at 42% and can't do anything else? I'm just curious. I, I want Bryce Brown. Okay. I want, I want, I want a Bryce Brown. He he didn't do too much. I mean, he could shoot from anywhere, but his his main thing was his going to score. He, he was a he was a, a threat, a danger from from the three point. That opened up the whole floor mm-hmm. because you have to guard that guy. It opens it up for the inside, uh, and, and that was when our inside wasn't even that big. You yeah. know, we didn't have. Him. You know what we've had lately. Well, you so you we, did have Wiley, who is a uh, oh. he may not have had the greatest hands <laughs> and he may not have had the greatest post moves, but the man was chiseled from marble. It, he he was. Uh, I, I, I feel like he was a little bit too timid or something. He he could have been a force of nature if he would just had that that uh, intensity about him. If mm-hmm. they had a certain mindset, he he would have been. I I am of the opinion if. Because I think the entire suspension for Austin Wiley and Daniel Purifoy, yeah. I think they both were jokes. I think it was oh, yeah. uh, when you watch the HBO documentary. I mean, it there shouldn't have been anything illegal about it. Uh, it was I dumb. Feel, felt like they the FBI really pushed uh, to try to push it over a line to make it illegal to try to seek out certain coaches. At least that's the way it's portrayed right. in the documentary. Uh, if those guys don't get suspended. I think you're talking about two radically different players in their Auburn career. And I will say, Austin Wiley in his last year at Auburn was a really good player. A really good player. He was the best center uh, Auburn had had in a couple years. He was better than Anthony McElmore when Anthony McElmore was at his best. Uh, Dangel Purifoy, I think Dangel Purifoy would be in the NBA right now had he not gotten suspended. I think it affected his drive. I think it affected... His he I don't think he worked on his game during his suspension because I think it messed with him mm-hmm. uh, from the mental side of things and I think it legitimately ruined his career. But I think both of those guys, if you don't get the suspension and you let them continuously work on the game, practice, work out, uh, be with the team, be on the court playing games. I think you see both of their careers go differently. And Shane, one thing on your Bryce Brown point, not only did his three-point shot open up the floor, if you remember in the NCAA tournament in the Final Four run, he just pulled a mid-range game out of nowhere and started knocking down mid-range shots and was deadly from 18 feet. I mean, he was a stud off the dribble from 18 feet out, and so that was a big beneficiary as well. 
Yeah, we we just we've missed somebody like him since then. I I think uh, that like you're confident that that guy's going to he's going to he's going to make some buckets. Um, and I don't think we've we've had or we we could have had. There's a lot of could have had Sharif Cooper. You know, he he, he could have had an amazing. He just didn't. Pan, I don't know. I don't. It didn't. Well, you had, suspension. you had injuries and su- suspensions there, and that one was even more right. of a joke than the other ones. He would have exactly. been. He would have been best suited to come back. I think he and JT Thor would have been best suited to come back. And if they had come back the next year with Jabari yep. Smith, we're talking about uh, a legitimate Final Four team and a team that has a legitimate chance to hang a national championship banner in Neville Arena. Hey, uh, I'll, I'll hang up real quick. I know you got a break coming. Uh, what, any any decisions on on Denai Broom and um uh. Uh, dude. Uh, NBA? No, are they coming back? There's two guys that are they're testing. Broom's coming back. Jalen Williams and Janai Broom, they're exploring yeah. the NBA waters. I don't think either of them are NBA guys, especially right now. I think they're just getting feedback. I would be very shocked to not see both guys on the roster for this upcoming season. What, what about the guy that his dad went to Ole Miss? I can't, I Alan, Flanagan. Alan Flanagan. Alan Flanagan. Nothing yet on him. Um, I, my assumption is that he is still my my gut feeling is that he will transfer, but he's still here, so we just have to wait and see. Hey, I'm gonna hang up, and when, when y'all when y'all come back, can, you, can y'all talk some Auburn baseball a little yes, bit over the weekend? Yes, sir. We will absolutely. Awesome. Appreciate the call, Shane. Good to hear from you, man. That's a great conversation with him. Hit a couple of points there. We appreciate him calling. And we'd love to hear from you, our listeners, as well. 334-321-1390. You can also tweet at us at ESPN1067 on Twitter. Your comments, questions, concerns on there as well. Uh, to touch on the basketball points really quickly, yeah, Janai Broom and Jalen Williams, I have full confidence that they will come back. I think it's, it's the smart move to at least test the waters and see – okay, here's what you're good at. Here's what you need to work on if you're trying to actually play in the NBA. Um, I see both of them coming back. I have no concern with that. When it comes to Alan Flanagan, it's one of those where when Wes was when Wes Flanagan and Auburn basically split ways and they decided, okay, this has kind of run its course and he went to Ole Miss to be a part of what that Chris Beard staff is going to look like, the assumption was, okay, Alan Flanagan is going to transfer. Now, do I necessarily think he was going to transfer to Ole Miss? No, not necessarily. But I'm still under the the feeling in the boat that Flanagan will not be on the roster next year. He very well might be. But I, I, I just don't think he's going to be here. I think transferring is best for him. I think it's best for Auburn because, again, you can upgrade from Alan Flanagan, in my opinion. And I think Alan Flanagan could go somewhere and be better because he could have the ball in his hands more, which is where we saw him thrive in 2019. Well, I mean, I think, I think you saw the step back, to me, was a result of, of the, um, the injury. Yes. And I think if, if he doesn't have that injury, you see, I mean, really back half of this past year, we saw a better version of Alan Flanagan, a version of Alan Flanagan that we had not seen since that 2021 SEC play when he had to step up because of Justin Powell's concussion, Sharif's suspension, and Sharif's injury. At 2021, that's what I meant. I said 2019, um, that's what I was meant. That's what I was talking about. All good. All good. But the um, I think that in order for me, 
how I would rank it. And I've said it before on the show. I think Pro is the number one option for Alan Flanagan. Ole Miss is option number two. And then Auburn is option number three. It's by far, in my mind, the least likely option. And I think if you go see Auburn, go land a Tyron Lawrence and maybe a Matthew Cleveland or maybe somebody else. If you land, see them land a couple more guys who can play that three position, writing might be on the wall. You might be able to read the tea leaves there and see, okay, Alan Flanagan's not going to be on this roster. And to me, it feels it feels TJ Finley-ish. Certainly does to me. Where it just seems like the time has sort of run out on this and and it's almost inevitable that something will happen whether he goes pro transfer or whatever it may be and so we'll talk some over baseball when we come back and talk about the massive series coming up this weekend versus number one LSU the Tigers have a chance to take down two top two teams in just two weeks we'll talk about preview that series a little bit as we wrap up our number one when we come back here on the Thursday edition of on the line you are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's talk some Auburn baseball as we wrap up our number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goetz. He is Carter Bird here on ESPN 1067. And uh, while the news is not so good for the baseball team on the other side of the state, Auburn baseball coming off a the biggest series win of the year, has a chance Absolutely. to top that this weekend. They take down number two South Carolina on the road last weekend. And what are their, what's their reward, Carter? The number one team in the country, the LSU Tigers, coming to Plainsmouth Park this weekend. Yeah, no, it's going to be a challenge, man. It really is because, uh, oh boy, this LSU team is good. Um, you don't exactly have a favorable matchup on the mound in game one uh, because you've got... Uh, Chase Ossip on the mound, who's been very inconsistent this year, going against the the LSU ace Paul Skeens, um, who is, by the way, he's an enormous human. Yes, at six six two forty seven. Intimidation um, factor. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, he's been money all year. The Air Force transfer. Um, I mean, he's a one nine three ERA, eight and one on the year. Uh, he has, where are his strikeout numbers? I can't find them. He has 124 strikeouts Jeez. in 65 and a third innings. How about that? That's ridiculous. It's almost two an inning. Yeah, literally. It's just about two an inning. Yeah, he's only allowed 14 earned runs this year. It all, I mean, this, never want to say this, it almost feels like you're sacrificing game one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it'd look. Be, it'd be absolute gravy if you figure out a way to win game one. If you figure out a way to, get, way to win game one, you should win the series, in my, in my mind. The good thing is Auburn's strength is what? Offense, right? Yes. That is their strength, is offense. Hasn't been the best at times, but in Columbia, they did just fine. They scored eight runs, nine runs, and seven runs. So they did just fine hitting the baseball this past weekend. I am interested to see how they look because they have not played since Sunday, didn't have a midweek game due to finals over at the university. So interested to see what they look like just in general coming off of uh, five or six days of rest. But you've got the number one team in the country and – we're saying the same things this weekend as we were last weekend. The mindset 
maybe for us, maybe not for them. You'd like them to have a little bit bigger of a mindset than this. But in reality, for us that talk about this, the talking heads, if you will, the goal needs to be one win. Because of what yes. you did last weekend against South Carolina, you have put yourself in you a position. Three and three in these past two, this this upcoming weekend and last weekend, that is an unbelievable win because yes. that's against two of the top three teams in the country. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying is because of what you did last weekend, you have put yourself in a position where you only have to get one against LSU if you get swept. If you get swept, right. It's not the end of the world because we were saying with Lindsey Crosby going into these next two series, win two of six. They've already gotten those two wins. You don't want to get swept, and we hope Auburn doesn't, and I don't think they will. But if you do, you're still okay because the number is right on that 13-14 win mark. You'd really like to get to 14. And Auburn is 9-12 and right now in conference play. So if you pick up that win this weekend, you have your 10th win. And you need four versus Ole Miss and Missouri, two of what are the worst teams in the SEC. Yes. If you get swept, yeah, you have a little bit more work to do, but it's still manageable. So I think if Auburn, again, if you get that win, and again, we talk about it this way, you would like the players to have a better mindset, and I think they will, because I think Auburn is a very confident baseball team. Even with all the injuries and the pitching woes that they've had, they're confident, and they're never out of a game because they can hit the baseball. Yeah, and, and every time they absolutely have to have it, Bobby Pierce or Cole Foster or Bryson Ware or Cooper McMurray, they hit a huge home run to bring them back in the game or give them a huge lead late. And that's what Auburn has to hang their hat on, and I think they will this weekend. I'm sure you saw the news, and if any of our listeners didn't, do you see what's happening on Saturday at Plainswood Park? Is it Saturday or is it Friday? I thought it was Friday. Oh, maybe Friday. I thought I, it was Saturday. I thought it was Friday. I could be wrong on that. Either way, the Eagle will fly at Plainsman Park during the LSU series like Saturday. it does at no, Jordan-Hare you, Stadium. You right. Okay. All right. There you go. How cool is that? That'll be fantastic. Awesome. We'll talk more Auburn baseball. We'll talk Alabama baseball as it's the biggest story in the country. Plus some Auburn football news coming up in hour number two. Live on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Thursday. Hope you're all doing well on this Thursday, May 4th, 2023. I believe it's a holiday for, like, Star Wars fans. Is that right? For May 4th. Is that right? Jenny uh, sent us something earlier today about it, and I'm not a Star Wars fan. Carter Basketball's tweeted out, like, a bunch of stuff about it. Are you a Star Wars guy? I mean, I I watch the stuff. I mean, I... I, I okay. I like watching the stuff. I'm That's not, fair. Like I wouldn't say I'm truly diehard. That's fair. I I have not seen all the movies. I don't. It's not my thing. I don't. I don't know. I'm just not a Star Wars fan. I'm really not. I I know it's one of those. It's one of those. Uh, it's one of those franchises where 
people, if they're a fan of Star Wars, they're like diehard fans, our, right? Our intern is trying to talk some trash about me saying the stuff. Talking about Star Wars. <laughs> well, yeah, because they got shows. They got video games. They got movies. Therefore, the all-encompassing term that I'm going to use is the stuff, Jenny. <laughs> well, look, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but if you are and you're celebrating May 4th, I hope you're having a fantastic day. But if you're not, I hope you're having a great day as well. Hour number two is underway and off to a fantastic start here on On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. If you missed any of hour number one, we started the hour with Lindsey Crosby, our good buddy from uh, the Locked on MLB Prospects podcast, Auburn also Daily, Auburn Braves Daily, Today, Braves and Today, and in, in all the all the outlets about baseball. And whatever his real job is, I forget. <laughs> uh, yeah, he says the he has joke, a real Lindsay. job. Yeah, he says he has a real job. But he came on the show on short notice and talked about the breaking news out of Tuscaloosa uh, and broke it all down that Alabama has fired their head baseball coach, uh, Brad Bohannon, with his linkage to some... gambling in the state of Ohio around Alabama baseball and so Lindsay came on and broke that down and gave us all the information that is known as of right now where this could be heading uh, and it's it could get really really serious and so he oh, yeah. broke it all down and had did a fantastic job with that so if you missed it's, any of that anytime you mention a three-letter agency it's it's serious yeah so that could be extremely nasty for what has been just a, a disaster year so far for Alabama athletics. But if you missed any of that, Lindsey breaking that down, it was phenomenal. He did a fantastic job. So go and catch up with the podcast at ESPNAU.com right after the show today. It's the very first segment of the show. Uh, he talked about that. You'll find it commercial free right there or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. We're going to talk all things Auburn, Alabama here in hour number two. And it's Thursday, which means Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, gets to join us I on bet a, you he has thoughts yeah I'm sure he has a few things to say so what a great day to have him on the show coming up at 3 30 here on hour number two so be sure you stay tuned for that and we also have some Auburn baseball tickets to give away later on in the show not right now but a little bit later so stay tuned for that for this series this weekend against number one LSU so you want to stay tuned for that but let's get to the phone lines as we start hour number two three three four three two one thirteen ninety Terry we appreciate you holding on through the break man how are you i'm doing great guys how y'all doing today doing good man doing good what you got hey guys as, as all approaches this lsu series doesn't it look even even worse what they lost two to three to alabama a few weeks ago yeah i mean you really needed to win that series at the yeah that's a series you should sweep uh, i mean i don't think alabama's like we're not talking about Ole Miss here. We're not talking about a last-place team in the SEC. I think they're a serviceable team. They've got some good players. Obviously, it's going to be fascinating to see how they react to what is taking place right now because it's a whole lot of uh, distractions around that program. Um, really curious to see how that is going to go. But I will say, like, yeah, you win game one, but... You need to win the series. You didn't. But the fact that you're able to go to Columbia, take two out of three, kind of negates that bad series against Alabama to an extent. Well, at the same time, you don't have to get to that that 14-win uh, plateau y'all talked about. If you if you take two of three there, you're not forced to against LSU, who's the number one team in the country and extremely dominant. That's fair. But I, I think even with this LSU series, you have luckily – 
even though Auburn's going through the gauntlet right now of number two and number one, you just have to get one, and you have Ole Miss and Missouri to get those much-needed wins after these series. Yeah, but I just don't like losing to a three to Alabama. I'm with you right now. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, as far as the the gentleman that called, I'm talking about Alan Flanagan. Look, and and Carter, I appreciate you drawing the Alan Flanagan and TJ Finley comparison because that's exactly what it is. It's the best thing for them to leave. It's the best thing for Auburn. Yeah. Okay, Auburn could be a fine basketball team without Alan Flanagan. Now, I'll say this. Alan Flanagan could make a much more significant impact game in, game out this next season for Auburn basketball than T.J. Finley ever was going to have for Auburn football this upcoming season. I won't disagree with that. But at the same time, at the same time, you're talking about entirely two different sports. You're talking about Alan Flanagan would just be a contributor, a six or eight point a game guy, which is a lot better than Finley would do in anything. Well, he with the heat, those six or eight interceptions. Well, Alan Flanagan actually can have good games here and there, and I just don't think T.J. Finley can for Auburn. And, and, and I'll, I'll say this: Alan Flanagan probably out of every three games the last month, month and a half, two months of the year, he probably had two good games for every average or stinker game that he did have down the stretch. Like he got better over the course of this past season because yeah, but the upgrading talent is yeah. Yeah, with the upgrading talent that's going on, certainly it's a plus for Auburn. Right, and that's what I said, is look, Auburn can upgrade from Allen Flanagan. Like, There's just yes. no doubt, and that's what you said coming on here too. We, I think we all could agree on that, but Flanagan did get better down the stretch, and he, he's done more for Auburn basketball than what T.J. Finley's done for Auburn football. Now, T.J. Finley did a lot for Auburn football when he left. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I was waiting on y'all to get that. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, Lord. No. Yeah. Um, Guys, uh, I assume you guys are going to talk about Peyton Thorne. Yeah, yeah. I talked about it yet, but mm-hmm. I just been, so I'm anxious to hear y'all yeah, thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's coming that's up here. To become a, um, like TJ Finley's transfer. It's 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 so obvious. You know, you know it. You want to hear a comparison that I've started to hear a little bit about Peyton Thorne here recently? Oh boy, I hate comparisons, but go ahead. It was hey, well if if you can't get a guy like Bo Nix to come back home for final year and be the, the prodigal son re- returning. Go get somebody who's pretty similar in terms of skill set in Peyton Thorne. It's just interesting that, that I've heard that from a couple people recently. I don't know. I just, like I said, I, I won't disagree with that too, totally, but at the same time, he's definitely an upgrade over the quarterback position. And I said this yesterday to Bill and Dan – what is wrong with this? The, the Robbie Ashford, it'd be good for him to sit for a year and just watch from the side. Sometimes you can learn things just by watching. Yeah, and yeah. building and confidence in practice. He might be a great fit. He might be a great player someday at that position. But it wouldn't do him any harm to sit back and watch for a year. I'm and with Peyton you. Thorne's got two years. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. exactly. A point that Carter mentioned in the first hour. That's why I think he has an edge over, um, over a guy like Casey Thompson. Because Casey Thompson's only got one year. It's it is do or die for him, and when you look at Peyton Thorne, when you look at the way Auburn's quarterback room is going to set up for the future, it makes sense to me right. to go get a guy who say can sit or to 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 who can be your starter in twenty three. More than likely, he's probably not going to be an NFL draft pick after this next year. If he is, then you've had a great season. If Auburn has an NFL draft pick quarterback in Peyton Thorne in 2023, assuming he comes to Auburn, then Auburn's won, what, nine games? 
I, I think at mm-hmm. least with the way the schedule sets up. But here's something that to me separates Peyton Thorne from everybody else on the list for Auburn. When you look at single-season passing yards, if you take his 2021 season at Michigan State, where would that stack up at Auburn? It'd be second. It'd be second all-time in single-season passing yards. He'd also be second in single-season passing touchdowns. In his career, if you take his career numbers at Michigan State, it'd be fourth in Auburn history in passing yards and second in passing touchdowns. And this is all in 29 starts. If you bring him in, get a couple receivers, surround him with some talent, give him a better offensive line, because I think that was an issue at Michigan State last year, which I think Auburn has done a good job addressing. If you can get a 2021 season out of Peyton Thorne at Auburn, Auburn's going to win 9-10 games. Yeah, and the guy, Doug Amos had a guy on the max round table today said that Peyton Thorne's especially good when he has a strong running game. Auburn's going to have a great running game. You're right about yes. that. You're absolutely so, right. Auburn will be, have one of the best running back rooms in the SEC. There's going to be sure. four running backs that I yeah. think all bring something unique to the table and all will find a role. And Jarquez Hunter is going to lead that group. And we've, ar- we've already seen what Hugh Freeze has said about him. Hugh Freeze yeah. has said he's the best running back he's ever coached. And he's right. yet to play a game for Hugh Freeze. You guys have a great day. Appreciate it, Terry. Appreciate it, you Terry. too, man. Good to hear from you. That is, again, Terry joining us on the phone lines, 334-321-1390. And I believe we're going to get back to the phone lines. And Austin, you're on the line. Welcome in, man. How's it doing, guys? Good, good, man. How are you? Good to hear from you. I mean, well, it's, it's been a boring day with news today, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we, we've been struggling to come <laughs> up with content on the show today, man. <laughs> you love to see it, though, don't you? That's been a common occurrence so far today. Yeah, I mean Shane. Shane was talking about all the sunshines and rain, or sun, sunshine and rainbows he was seeing uh, out in the world today because of right? certain news. Right. Oh, that's great. Anyway, um, do y'all um, do y'all really think that this uh, Peyton uh, Thorn guy is going to is going to elevate what we currently have? Yes. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Uh, he, he is already, right now, he is already better than anybody that's in Auburn's quarterback room, even if T.J. Finley was still in that quarterback room, technically. Oh, uh, don't say that. Just... Don't say what? About T.J. About, uh, about being anywhere close to inside <laughs> the room. <laughs> well, well, don't say nothing okay. about that. He, All right, I got you. He won't be. He's a good person. Yeah, yeah. He, but he can't get it done. Well, he will not be. But yes, Peyton Thorne is better than anybody Auburn has right now. He has proven that he can play big time football. He's played in the Big Ten, and as much as we knock the Big Ten sometimes, he has good stats and he is a good player coming from Michigan State. If Auburn is to land him, he will elevate Auburn better and farther than anybody in this room could do right now. He has, he has experience, he has confidence. He's got two years of eligibility, something we've already talked about, which will benefit any quarterback coming after him because they can benefit, they can basically get better behind him, whether it be Robbie Ashford, Holden Garner, Walker White, whoever it may be, somebody else. They can all benefit from playing behind him. So given the schedule, given the offensive line, the run game, the receivers that Auburn is talking to in the transfer portal – if it is, in fact, Peyton Thorne who comes to Auburn and is the quarterback in 2023, there's no doubt in my mind, Austin, that Auburn is elevated because of that. Austin, I would say don't take our word for it. Pay attention to the very active Auburn players on social media. 
guys like Demari Austin, guys like Micah Riley Ducker. Micah Riley Ducker, when, when Casey Thompson hit the portal, quote tweeted the announcement and was like, get him on campus today. And then Demari <laughs> Austin, Peyton Thorne posted his goodbye Michigan State Instagram post today. Oh, yeah. He was like, hey. Within hey, the good. first seven good, comments, Demari <laughs> Austin was, was in the comments. Oh, yeah. Communicating with him. Oh, yeah. That, that yeah. says a lot to me that your skill position guys on the offense are aware an upgrade is needed. Yeah, I had hope, but I you know how it goes, though. I mean, they're not on the out of 10. Barber really hasn't had a consistent quarterback. It's been, it's been what, probably the most, probably Jarrett had, like, what? 2017 Jarrett passes, Stidham, I think, like is the yeah. most consistent quarterback we've seen in – Right. A decade. I mean, besides Nick Marshall, twenty fourteen, who I think was a lot better, a lot better than people realize. But I mean, you had it's Cam Newton, Nick Marshall, and and Jarrett Stidham. Yeah. And before that, yeah. You, yeah, I think you got to go back to Jason Campbell. I'm always a yep. little partial to to Brandon Cox. Don't do it. He's a winner. Don't do it. He just won. He beat uh, Alabama, uh, and I appreciated that about him. Um, <laughs> I, love, I will say, I, I really liked Brandon Cox. 2009 Chris Todd is a very slept on Auburn quarterback. He's not a very athletic guy, but man, he put up some pretty daggum good numbers. Yeah, I don't think Chris Todd is being talked about as he should have. Just, 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 for, just for what he came through, coming from Texas Tech and stuff like that. Yeah, 100. percent I mean, and and I think until Cam came a year later. Chris Todd put up some some passing numbers that Auburn hadn't seen in a while. I mean, he was 60% passer, 2,600 uh, yards, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. Auburn hadn't yeah. had that at the quarterback position in a while. It's just we forget about him because the next year Cam Superman walks walked in, in the door <laughs> and wins the Heisman. All right, guys, I appreciate your time. And I, it sucks that I can't hear you all live, but I like the uh, podcast. And you all have it. a good day. And uh, Bama it, sucks. <laughs> appreciate the call, Austin. It's good to hear from you, brother. Yeah, we appreciate you tuning in live and on the podcast at ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. We got more callers coming in on a busy Thursday afternoon. We'll get to the phone lines again when we come back. We'd love to hear from you. 334 321 1390. Got just a little bit of time because coming up at 3 30, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, will join us and he's going to have some words to say about what's happening around the Southeastern Conference. Stay tuned. More of that coming up here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Been a busy day here on On the Line with phone calls with all sorts of news going on in the sports world. Let's get back to the phone lines. We got time for probably one more caller before we get to Chris Gordy at 3.30, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. 334-321-1390. And Dak, you're on the line. Welcome in, man. Hey, guys. What a beautiful day, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Great day. That You know, that yeah. seems to be a very common thread today. Everybody is going <laughs> to talk about what a beautiful day it is. Is it because the oh. sun is shining and the sky is blue, Dak, or do you have some underlying meaning here? I have several, but, yeah, I told uh, an Alabama fan uh, earlier in the week, I said, I told him exactly what was going on because they would not have closed down all the betting for the rest of the season on Alabama. And, of course, I didn't think about it being the head coach, but I thought it was somebody inside. But, uh, 
but yeah, that's that was that was huge news today. And uh, yes, it was. It's just, it, and again, we just keep going back to Alabama and the athletics department just cannot get out of their own way, man. It's unbelievable. Right. Yeah, you're right. And uh, of course, I was going to wait to call tomorrow, hoping to be really excited about the quarterback situation. Uh, but I did find out some interesting news. Uh, it was a done deal with Tua's brother at Maryland from what my sources uh, have told huh. me. Yeah, and he was coming today and uh, staying until Saturday and was going to announce it, and he called yesterday evening and said he's staying at Maryland. Did you get a reason behind that? No, did hmm. not. And uh, and then the deal with McCall, who wanted to come to Auburn, thinking that he was going to graduate, but some of the classes that he has taken somewhere else – did not count, and so therefore he don't graduate till fall. Wow! Well, talk so about another disaster, and, and and unfortunately with the Grayson McCall, and both of those are interesting, Dag. The the thing with Grayson McCall, yeah. it's been known that it was going to be when he couldn't come here the first time, and we knew that he had to get the grades and the classes to get from Coastal to Auburn. It was understood in the business that it was going to be a tough ask anyway for Grayson McCall to make it happen, and the fact that there are more complications doesn't surprise me. The Maryland stuff with with, uh, Talia is, it's interesting to say the least. Right, right, and uh, it kind of surprised me too, but I mean, everybody was excited from what I understand, and then then a huge letdown yesterday, so. Interesting. uh, well, I yeah, mean, I think I think Auburn's still in a pretty good spot. I'll be honest there. Yeah, sure, sure. But now all of our marbles are on basically two or three guys that's left now. So we got to – hopefully we'll catch one of them. And I yeah, think I mean, Auburn's confident in those guys, though. You only got to hit on one. And, and you know what's been really interesting? There have been two separate videos by On3, not, not the Auburn On3 site, national On3 guys that I've seen on YouTube this morning. Uh, and both of them – described the situation with Casey Thompson and Peyton Thorne as it seems like Auburn gets to choose, which is pretty really? rare. Pretty rare yeah. that, that you see right. that wording, that Auburn gets right. to choose their favorite. Well, they probably see the big picture that it that it's, you know, not many places can they come here and almost start off at the starting position from the beginning. Right. I mean, you know, I mean... They're, they're going to have to earn it, obviously, and it's not going to be given to them. But, I mean, I think everybody sees the big picture here, you know. Uh, Auburn, Auburn needs a quarterback. <laughs> right, that's right, that's the big one. picture. Gotta get you got to get one, and you got to get a starter, an experienced guy that can come in and be day one that's starter, right. can win some football games, and give other quarterbacks on the roster or those to come time to get better. That's right. And then I want to comment on you was talking about earlier about all the quarterbacks going back – to Cox and all them. Think about, guys, the quarterbacks that were ruined after 2010 that came here. I mean, yeah. remember highly recruited Mustang? And and then I'm going to be honest with you, I still say White could have been a, great, a good quarterback, and they, they just absolutely ruined him. I, I think Sean White had every bit as much to do with his own downfall as the coaching did. I'll say that. Well, look. I think it, after a certain point he did. But our offense and, and the way at that time that we coached quarterbacks, I mean, it, you know, 
let's face it, Con- uh, Siddham got worse. Yes, as he got, uh, as he got Dak, he I'm, got so, worse. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's exactly where I was going to go. It's a hot take, but I've said it since Stidham even came here and since he's been gone. I don't think that's. I, a I'm, hot I'm not take. saying I'm the only one. Jared Stidham made a mistake by coming to Auburn. He, he messed up by coming absolutely. to Auburn. He, he absolutely did. Let me well, tell you the something. other option was Texas a and with Kevin Sumlin, and that wouldn't have been any, any better. Right, but let me tell you something. You don't go to Clemson the first game and get 13 sacks, and not one time nobody had nobody told him to throw that ball away. And that's just one example. Mm-hmm. That wasn't on him. That, oh, yeah. that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. You ran the slow-developing play-action, try to throw the deep, slow-developing post to Darius Slayton that was double-covered all game. Right. He just got sacked every time. Right, right. And, uh, it just, and we never threw quick game with him, never. I mean, I never understood yeah. that. And and well, it's we cause, would throw. It's because Gus Malzahn doesn't have that in the playbook. Well, what killed me? This used to just burn me up. Is we would throw a quick screen to the outside receiver with no other receiver out there to block. <laughs> yes. you remember yeah. how many times yes. they almost stepped in front of it or killed the receiver? Yeah, let, I mean, I mean it, let him out to die, man. Away. It only worked yeah. when you had like the shiftiest receiver in recent Auburn memory in Ryan Davis who just torched Georgia. Torched Georgia right. and Alabama catching those little screen passes. But yeah, I mean I agree with you, Dak. If you and I've done the research on this. If you go back and look, at no point in his college coaching career has Gus Malzahn ever developed a high school quarterback. He has either right. inherited the guy because he took the job. It has been a junior college transfer, or it has been a straight-up transfer. Those are the only guys he's had success with. Every high school quarterback has not panned out under Gus Malzahn. That's right. That's right. And another proof in the pudding, too, is uh, 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 he's with the Titans now that went with to uh, Malik. uh, Yeah, Malik. I mean, he wasn't really even given a chance, it seems like, and he – he goes over there and looks like an all-star. Yeah, he was. I mean, <laughs> he was. Yeah, and, I mean, but but anyway, I mean, Gus had some positives. I don't want to just right. knock on him constantly, but but developing quarterbacks was not it. And I'm gonna tell you, Mitch Mustang was the most highly recruited quarterback out of Arkansas, and he didn't even didn't even get in the top three here. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that is ridiculous. I put him in the same boat with Jeremy Johnson. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's another one there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ruined him, man. Totally ruined him, man. And uh, But anyway, thanks, guys, for taking my call. Y'all have a great one. Appreciate it, Jack. It's always good to hear from you, brother. Hope all is well. We've had a lot of great calls here on the show today, and we're up against our bottom-of-the-hour break. But we're about to have another caller, and it's a guest. He's joined me for a long time, and he will have some things to say. I promise you that, folks. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, will join us coming up in just a few minutes when we come back. We're going to talk the Auburn football quarterback situation. We're going to talk the Auburn football transfer portal situation. We're going to talk Auburn baseball and Alabama baseball. You better believe it. The biggest news around the Southeastern Conference. This guy covers it better than anybody else. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, will join us when we come back as we roll on the Thursday edition of On the Line.
on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird with you on the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. And it is one of our favorite times of the week when Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, joins us on the phone lines. And Chris, it's been busy here. I know it's been busy for you. And since you cover the SEC better than anybody, I know you've gotten a few things to talk about and maybe have a few things to say here on this program today. Yeah, no doubt, guys. It's uh, it's interesting with the two guys that are coming in, you know, that, that have been entertained through the transfer portal. It looks like it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if Peyton Thorne or, or Casey Thompson ends up picking Auburn. Um, you know, I was talking with some people that have covered Casey Thompson since his days at Texas and Nebraska, and, you know, they think it's a good fit. I mean, it, it yeah. would make a lot of sense for him to end up at Auburn and his production. This guy started a lot of games, and, you know, I had a friend ask me the other day, he said, right now, hands down, you had to go win a game this weekend. Would you rather Robbie Ashford or Casey Thompson? And I said, Casey Thompson. So I think it would be an upgrade over what Auburn has. Peyton Thorne obviously started a lot of games at Michigan State. I think he'd be pretty good. But uh, in my mind, Casey Thompson would be the way to go. Do you think that there's any thought for Hugh Freeze trying to build this program in the first couple years? He's got his... Uh, ideally quarterback of the future in this 2024 class. Do you think any edge goes to Peyton Thorne? Because in theory he has two years. Casey Thompson just has one. Yeah, I would think more with uh, with White coming in in the recruiting class. And obviously, you know, I think at this point you're not going to lose Ashford. I think he would stay. I think it would make a lot more sense to bring in Casey Thompson, get the one year out of him. And then next year you have, you have White, uh, you have – uh, Ashford, let them battle it out. And maybe there's another guy in the portal next year that you bring in and, and let compete. But that's what I'm thinking just based on, you know, where they are right now. But, again, nothing against Peyton Thorne. I think he looked, you know, he looked decent at times at Michigan State, productive kid. But uh, I think I saw one Auburn fan on social media say, look, I, I would take either guy right now hands down and let's just, let's just get this done. Let's get one of them in and let's, just, let's go. Let's get to work because – Man, it just does feel like, uh, you know, what they have and what we saw through the spring and obviously Finley entering the portal like he like he told us he probably would on uh, Lockdown SEC. Uh, yeah, man, I, I think you just want some guy to come in with experience and I think grab the bull by the horns. Give him the Philip Montgomery playbook and let's go. Well, Chris, it feels like that's what we're hearing here in Auburn, too, because, I mean, they just Auburn fans want to know who's going to be the quarterback because it's the, it's the mass assumption around the state, around the Southeastern Conference that – Auburn does not have a true starting quarterback on campus right now. And so the two names floating around, you mentioned them already uh, with Casey Thompson and Peyton Thorne. You, you're talking about this hands down, have to have one. You, Ted, you talked about with Robbie Ashford comparing those guys, but if Auburn had their so-called choice of Casey Thompson or Peyton Thorne, if they literally had their option and saying, okay, we can choose guy A or guy B for the success of 2023, which guy in your mind should it be? Yeah, at least people I've talked to, it sounds like Thompson, uh, just because of his pedigree. Like I said, started a lot of games in the Big 12, but Texas started a lot of games at Nebraska. Um, I just, I feel like Casey Thompson would be, would be that guy. And again, he would be my personal preference as well. Um, he's got a little bit of running ability. I don't, know if, I don't know if I'd classify him as mobile, but I think he's got a little bit of running ability. I think you could do enough with him. You know, when you go look at how Hugh used Malik Willis in his last year at Liberty, 
I think I think there are some parallels there. So, um, you know, I think the other thing is maturity and leadership. That's something that you just don't have with the guys who are currently on the roster that you would get in Casey Thompson. So, again, if I was making a bet today, I would go with Thompson, but we'll see what uh, we'll see what those guys decide to do. How much do you think landing a guy like Casey Thompson or Peyton Thorne moves the needle and allows Auburn to go land maybe a wide receiver or two in this transfer portal period? Because I mean, let's let's be honest with each other. The wide receiver room at Auburn has not been good in a long time. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, you know, look, I have hopes for Javarius Johnson, Nick Mardner. I think. You know, they, they talk very highly about him. Um, you know, Coy Moore's a guy, a guy I've watched since his high school days. I still have high hopes for him to find some consistency. But, yeah, it's not, it's not great. I mean, if we're, if we're measuring the SEC wide receiving classes, um, you know, I put Auburn near the bottom right now. So, uh, or at least, you know, just wide receiver grouping. So, uh, yeah, I would think if you add one of those quarterbacks, it'd be great to get one more wide receiver into the transfer portal just to add to the mix because, like I said, I, I think judging by the SEC standards, I mean, my God, go look at what Georgia has at wide, wide receiver right now, or LSU. I mean, it's just it, it's light years ahead of what Auburn has right now. Talking to Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. He joins us every Thursday here at 3.30 on On the Line. Chris, the news that has taken over the sports world today coming out of Tuscaloosa, it seems like we've said that quite a few times on this program the last couple of months. Alabama baseball has fired Brad Bohannon, the head coach, with his involvement with some bets that were placed in the state of Ohio on Alabama baseball, and then the sports books shut down betting on Alabama baseball. What can you tell us? that you have learned and from your perspective on what's happening in Tuscaloosa? Yeah, the, the way I read into it, guys, is Friday night, Alabama had a slated starter. Uh, I think it's the guy who's been there Friday night, starter most of the year. He was about 45 minutes before the game. They announced he wasn't going to play, and they went with another guy. Um, how I read it is that earlier that day, there were bets made at the MGM Sportsbook at Great American Field up in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is the home of the Cincinnati Reds. By the way, the Reds weren't even home that weekend. They were away. Somebody walks into the book that day and places two bets. One was a parlay that included LSU straight up that night, and another one was a heavy, heavy bet on just LSU straight up to beat Alabama. What it sounds like to me is that somebody that either is friends with Brad Bohannon, related to Brad Bohannon, some connection to Brad Bohannon, got the intel earlier that day that they were scratching their starter and went and placed this bet and, and, you know, or these multiple bets for a, such a huge amount that it set off radars. Like it, it set off alerts by the, uh, the committee that monitors this, you know, monitors the integrity of sports betting and said, okay, something is off here. So I don't know. I think we're going to find out the details here real soon, but that's what I surmise because even Kendall Rogers has come out and said, look, uh, as far as we, we've reported, like no Alabama uh, baseball players were connected to this. So it's not like it was a, it was a player's friend or relative that they tipped off. It was directly connected to Brad Bohannon somehow. But, yeah, I mean, to me, that's just that, – that, that manipulates the integrity of the game, right? When you say, hey, just a heads up, our starting pitcher isn't going tonight. Go play some money on this team to beat us. Ironically, LSU jumps out to an 8-1 to lead that night and then has to hold off of their dear lives for an 8-6 to win yeah. uh, where Alabama had, men, you know, ducks on the pond in the, in the ninth inning. So – Anyway, we'll uh, we'll see. The details will come out. But yeah, Brad Bohannon out of a job, and you just think collectively, guys. From I talked about this on my podcast today. 
You talk about Alabama having two losses in football. It's not the end of the world anywhere else. But in Tuscaloosa, it gets the natives riled up. They go, hey, look, we shouldn't be having two losses and losing to LSU and not winning the SEC West. Do you compound that from football season to losing Bryce Young and Will Anderson and all these generational talents you had at Bama to the basketball program with a murder on top of the Brandon Miller drama? You know, did he supply the gun or whatever? Connected with this, your baseball coach is connected to sports betting. It's just... It's been a bad year for Alabama athletics, yeah. and Greg Byrne has a uh, he has a lot of problems on his hands right now. Yeah, and so where does where does Alabama baseball go from here, and where does this Alabama athletic department? Because it's been a nonstop, it's like a slow drip faucet of just bad news, bad looks, uh, bad situations, really from the Jermaine Burton punch after the Tennessee game all the way to now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be okay, right? I mean, it feels like Alabama, they, they bring in Tyler Buckner. We'll see what happens with their quarterback battle as, as the summer months go on. But I think football's going to be fine. I think basketball's going to be okay. They just got, you know, they got a, a good recruiting class. They don't seem like he's going to hit the reset button and they'll be fine. And I think the baseball program will be okay. I think they'll go out and get one of the big names, you know, out there to, to add to the mix. And I think they'll be okay. It's just right now in the moment, it, you don't feel the best about it, Alabama athletics, but uh, hey, look, this is why we had thirteen other teams all dance on their grave right now. Is Greg Byrne uh, is Greg Byrne in any threat of losing his job given all of this going down? I don't think so. I mean, look, if, if Bama football bounces back and they win the SEC West and go play for a playoff game, or maybe even win a national championship this year, I think you know that takes a lot of heat off. So. Uh, if Saban loses two, three games again this year and the quarterback position isn't settled, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on that Alabama program and maybe maybe some heat turns up with Greg Byrne. But uh, I thought the way they handled, obviously, the whole Brandon Miller situation was atrocious. and So hopefully they've learned some past, regret, past mistakes. But, you know, look, if your baseball coach is tipping people off and connected to sports betting, I, like, does that fall on me as athletic director? Like, I don't know how much involvement I have other than to say, accept it immediately as soon as we find out. We part of ways with him. I think that's fair. And, and you saw Alabama. As soon as this stuff came out, it's been two or three days and, and, and Alabama fired uh, their head coach. And so it seems like they moved a lot more swiftly on this situation. Speaking with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, our typical Thursday guest at 3.30 here on On the Line. Chris, let's talk some college baseball and SEC baseball outside of the news from today. Auburn is welcoming in number one LSU to Plainsman Park this weekend after defeating number two South Carolina. Carolina last week on the road what have you seen from the blue and orange tigers coming into this weekend and also the number one team in the country as auburn tries to take down yet again another top five program yeah i thought it was a nice series win uh last weekend and um uh, y'all playing some good ball now we'll see lsu obviously paul schemes their friday night guy is i mean he, right now I, I think i saw he's projected to be the number two overall pick in the major league baseball draft so I would go ahead and maybe chalk that one up as a loss, but if you can find a way to win game two, I think you'll have a chance to win game three. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, we'll see. I mean, you, you got to score some runs. That's what Alabama did this past weekend against LSU. They got swept, but at least they made it difficult on the Tigers. So that's what I'd say Auburn would have to do. And, man, uh, y'all, I think y'all grabbed South Carolina by surprise there. They weren't expecting that. So, um, yeah, I think Auburn's playing some great baseball right now. They'll have as good a shot of any to – I mean, look, even if you could take one from LSU, I think it would be, it would be a big win after this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, the number one team in the country, getting one game 
Uh, I mean, that'll do a lot for your RPI and your postseason chances. Chris, talking about some other baseball, I'm curious because I brought this up three, four weeks ago with you. We're 31 games into the Major League Baseball season, and the Astros are still looking up at the Angels and Rangers. Is there any doubt and any worry starting to sneak into your mind? Well, the worry right now is they're, they're starting pitching. I mean, they, they lose Jose Urquidy to the 15-day IL. They lose um, Luis Garcia just a couple days ago to the 15-day IL. And it sounds like his, uh, it's an elbow injury. And the word Tommy John is getting thrown around. They haven't officially announced anything yet. But, man, if they lose two of their starters on top of Lance McCullers, who has not pitched one inning this season yet, it's, it's really digging a hole for, for the Astros. And their offense has not been that great so far. I think they rank at the bottom third in the league in home runs. So, yeah, it, it's still early, right? We just started May, but it may be time to hit the panic button if they lose any of these starting pitchers for an extended period of time. So, we'll see. Look, they took two out of three against uh, – or, you know, swept the Braves and, and then took two out of three against uh, the, the, the Rays. So, they, they did well last week, but this week, not so much. So we'll see, guys. But, yeah, if they have, if lose any of their starting pitches for an extended period of time, that's going to be a big, big blow. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. Again, he joins us every Thursday at 3.30 right here on ESPN 106.7 for On the Line. Chris, we appreciate you, as always, every single week, giving us your time talking about the biggest news around the Southeastern Conference. Let everybody know where they can find you, your podcast, and what you got coming up. Yeah, just locked on SEC, uh, wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. And, of course, uh, you know, we have the Brad Bohannon news today. Yesterday's episode, I encourage everybody to check that out. We talked with Tykeus Crawford, one of the offensive linemen for Arkansas, kind of get this, got the skinny on KJ Jefferson, Dan Enos, and how his offense is going to look this year. So kind of going to keep going around the SEC. We talked with, you know, T.J. Finley at Auburn and Greg Brooks at, at LSU. So we'll keep getting some players on these next couple weeks as we uh, go throughout the spring into summer months. Appreciate your time, Chris. We'll talk to you next week, all right? All right, thanks, guys. That is Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcast on YouTube as well. Uh, Chris does a fantastic job and always has some interesting thoughts on what's going on around the Southeastern Conference. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. But before we do that... Auburn baseball, we just talked about it a little bit with Chris Gordy. The Tigers welcoming in the number one team in the country this weekend, LSU, to Plainsman Park. And to all of our loyal listeners, we've got two tickets for opening night, Friday night at Plainsman Park. You know the drill. First one to call in, you have got them. 334-321-1392. Auburn baseball tickets versus number one LSU in Plainsman Park on Friday night, 6 o'clock, first pitch. Give us a call, 334-321-1390. We'll wrap up the show when we come back on the other side. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Thursday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. I can't believe it, but we still have two tickets for Auburn baseball on Friday night. The opening game series, or the opening game of the series against number one LSU in Plainsman Park. 
All you got to do is call and you get two tickets. 334-321-1390. We have one pair to give away, so it's first come, first serve. Uh, the drive will have a couple of sets to give away for the rest of the weekend, but we've got you started off right with the Friday night game for Auburn baseball versus LSU at Plainsman Park. Two of them, 334-321-1390. Yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of the, the Pittsburgh Pirates, Washington Nationals, Detroit Tigers, or Texas Rangers, you can go see potentially your first pick in the MLB draft. That's absolutely right. That kid is a stud. And, and look, LSU is a really, really, really good team, man. They are really good. But Auburn, the mindset has to be just get one. Just get one. And if you do that, that is taking care of business for if Auburn you get baseball. one, then you are in a good spot going against the two teams in the SEC with the worst record mm-hmm. for your final two series of the year. Needing, Needing what, four wins. You would need four wins in, in out of six. Out of six, yep. Which this Auburn team is very capable of doing. But wouldn't it be something if, they, if this Auburn team figures out a way to win two? Yeah, wouldn't that be a miracle? Because then that would give you... That would give you a little bit of leniency and a little bit of leeway when it comes to the Ole Miss and Missouri series. Because, again, it's Ole Miss, man. You just never know what's going to happen when it comes to Ole Miss baseball. But Auburn has LSU this weekend. Uh, Maybe people missed the announcement the first time. Phone lines are blowing up, and our uh, wonderful intern Jenny is over there handling this like a pro. And I know she's on the phone. She may not be able to fully hear us. But shout-out to her, Jenny, on her uh, final day as our intern here at uh, here (laughs) for us on On the Line at ESPN 106.7. We appreciate everybody calling in. We gave away the tickets, and so we do appreciate you all calling in. We finally – I can't believe we had to ask twice for somebody to call in but once they did we had about seven people calling over there so jenny it's time you have to do it turn your microphone up pot it up turn it on hop on the air for the first time this semester jenny you are about to graduate from auburn uh coming up on saturday uh you will go out into the world and be and do fantastic things and uh you have been our board op you've been our uh person to answer calls and answer phones during crazy times like this where people call in for baseball tickets social media posting graphics posting audio and uh hopefully hopefully you've had a good time hanging out with us from two to four every single day yeah, I've had a good time. There you Ooh, go. I don't like this at all. <laughs> what is, what is going to be your favorite memory of interning here this spring? Hmm. I don't know, but I do get roasted a lot by y'all, which is kind of fun. I mean, not fun, it's, but it's, it's, not our, it's not our fault that you're a Georgia Tech fan. I know, it's embarrassing. And you, hey, you, you try to roast us back. You, you tried earlier in this show <laughs> to me. Yeah, you gave Carter a lot of That's a right. lot of flack for calling Star Wars the stuff. Oh, and I explained my reasoning. I could have said Saga, yes, but I wasn't going to pull that out in real time in that moment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a big enough fan to even think about the word Saga when it comes to Star Wars. But, no, Jenny, we appreciate you and all that you have done for us. And, uh, again, you've done a fantastic job. Being our show producer is what you have been this semester. And so uh, go out and do fantastic things. And always always remember us when you go and be big and famous and remember us here in Auburn. And and if you decide to change your your loyalty from Georgia Tech, we won't ever blame you for that. My loyalty is at Auburn, but I – I'm still a Tech fan. I mean, I, just, I, I, keep it I will. Low-key. I will say that I. I will allow an Auburn Georgia Tech. Dual it's not fan much. Gym. That's not, not the worst one. Yeah. If you, if if back that, in the day, it used to be Georgia or Alabama. Day, we'd be having a different conversation. Yeah. Well, back. Hey, there are there are. I guarantee Auburn. there are old school Auburn fans here that are not okay with a Georgia Tech Auburn fan. I mean, I could be a bandwagon for Georgia, but I'm not going to be. There you go. So. That's right. You live and die with Georgia Tech, and so I feel like your family would disown you. 
They, they would. But you have a sibling that went to Georgia. Yes, he betrayed our entire family. Wow. Well, send him this clip. Make sure he gets that so he can hear Thanks you say that comments. on the air. But, yeah. <laughs> Jenny, thank you. We appreciate you and all that you've done for us here. And, uh, Carter, we got about a minute left or so. We gave away the tickets. Again, we appreciate everybody calling in uh, for Auburn baseball tickets. But stay tuned for the drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck from 4 to 6 here on ESPN 106.7. They will have uh, a pair of tickets for Saturday and for Sunday. So be sure you tune in. Uh, not sure if they're going to do it how we do it or they may have their own way i'm not too sure but they will have tickets to give away they'll be talking all the biggest things as well uh auburn baseball alabama baseball auburn football it's been a great show today i mean this has been a lot of fun today so if you missed any of our show be sure to go and catch up with the podcast at espnau.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Lindsey Crosby joined us to start the show to break the Alabama news down. Chris Gordy just joined us from Locked On SEC. And we had tons of great callers throughout the show today. Come back tomorrow, though, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. We'll wrap it up for the week. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.